And just some things we're going to look at together here. Matthew chapter 27, please. And I want us to look at verse number 50. Matthew 27, verse 50. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Um, At that moment... The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Uh, The temple veil, uh, it was a dividing place that kept people or mankind separated from the presence of God. God is holy and he cannot look on sin. Man is sinful. And so God had to create distance. He had to create demarcation between God and man because as much as God wanted fellowship he could not legally until Jesus died when Jesus breathed his last meaning the death penalty for sin had been paid the first order of business was to tear the veil that separated man and God from top to bottom because and I think it's significant because it tells us that God is the one who took the initiative It was God who wanted this thing torn because God did not want distance. God did not want to be separated. God does not like it when we're over here and he's over there. And from, from the very beginning, the purpose and man's fullness is found when he is in God's presence and he is close with with God. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and verse 13 that we who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Amarinya's service said amen. amen. He wants us near. The price was to bring us near. Uh, there's a difference between knowing God from far and knowing God from near. Perspective changes. The, the, the feelings change. The aura changes amen and 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 you take on a different uh, a different outlook based on how far away you are amen uh several years ago um uh again i I might be dating myself again but it's okay today is okay um uh, me and uh, my wife were at a at a hotel lobby in uh, in los angeles california and we were sitting there and while we were sitting, I looked up and I saw coming into the hotel, there was some, so like I, I follow sports, there were some basketball players that I recognized from the TV. Uh, you know, I, I, and I told my wife, I said, I don't, I don't know if we were married at that time. Bitch, it doesn't matter. I saw these guys and I said, wait a minute. I said, Yami, look, that's, that's, that's so-and-so. And, and so-and-so. I think it was Nick Anderson and, and Penny Hardaway. I said, that's Nick Anderson and Penny Hardaway. Wow. And she said, why don't you go and say hi to them? And I said, I'm not going to make a fool of myself. Running across this hotel like a little child. <laughs> Some dignity here. You know, leave me alone. And uh, I let them go. But then after that, 
Shaquille O'Neal walked in after that. And without my wife saying anything, I ran like a little kid. <laughs> Shaq! Shaq! And I shook his hand. The reason I, 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 I did that is because I know Shaq. I seen him on TV. And, and, and I know his moves, his story. At that time, he was perhaps one of the most dominant players in the NBA. I'll sign autographs for you later, <laughs> right? But I ran and I met him. And when I met him, uh, I found out how big this brother was. Uh, he looked very different from what I saw before. He's like over seven feet something. And my wife said when I looked, when I stood, like she didn't run, join me running for whatever reason, but she said from far when she saw me, I looked like a little boy. And, and, and I was looking straight up like this. Hi, Mr. Shaq. And I try to preach when I get opportunities, something, but what do you preach to God himself, you know? It's like, okay, that's a joke. I mean, and I said, you know, God bless you. God loves you. You know, I'm from Ethiopia. We love you in Ethiopia. I just made that up. I didn't even know if people loved it. <laughs> he signed something for me and left. But my goodness, the, the, the impact that that had. And I met Shaq, and now I'm famous in my youth ministry, right? And what did you do this week? Oh, I met Shaq. <laughs> that's, like, that's like gold. That's like kudos for youth ministry, right? And so the point that I'm trying to make is that Shaq very far away and Shaq very close up, personal, is two different people. I was actually bigger than him from far away. But up close, you're dealing with a completely different world, right? And it's kind of the same thing with God. God from far away is very different from God very close. And I believe that God's agenda, God's purpose, God's calling for each and every one of us is that we would be close. How close? Jesus put it this way. I in you and you in me. That was not possible pre-crucifixion, pre-resurrection. This is something that has been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why Hebrews tells us that let us therefore draw near to God in full assurance of faith because that door has now been opened. Hallelujah. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go because when I go, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit did come. And he showed the people, the 120 disciples who were in the upper room, how powerful close was. The world of close is different from the world that's far away. The Bible says there was a blowing of a mighty rushing wind. They saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that rested on each of them. And they all spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them it uh, gave them utterance. They saw, they felt, they experienced close. Today, may we feel, touch, and experience close. He is not God. He is a personal God. He is a close God. He is God who is near the word Emmanuel itself. It means God. It does not mean God out there. It means God with us. Praise the Lord. Last week I talked about how, uh, was it last week or whenever, Zechariah 12. Uh, it talks about how God will reveal himself 
uh, to Judah. He said uh, um, th- that God will pour out a spirit of grace and supplication on the, on, the, on the people of Judah. And they will look on the one that they have pierced. And they will mourn for him like one who has lost their firstborn son. And, and I, I made the case last week that it was not possible for, for them to see him unless the Lord poured out that spirit of grace and supplication. And for us, even it's impossible for us to uh, us to see him, and particularly see him as we should see him for who he is, without this spirit of God coming and opening our eyes. Hallelujah! When we see him, it changes things. Uh, we are we are bound by what we see, controlled by what we see, directed by what we see. Vision comes first, and everything follows vision. Right? And I believe that's why God wants us to experience Holy Spirit so we become witnesses of Him. I think that's why He went after Saul on the Damascus Road. And when He zapped him on the Damascus Road, He didn't touch His ears or His fingers. He went for the eyes. Because transformation happens with the eyes. And when you see with the eyes, you are subject to whatever your eyes have seen. That's why vision is important. Vision means to see. When you see properly, everything else will obey that vision, right? And, and so no matter where, you are, not, you are not controlled by where you are, you are controlled by what you see, right? You have two opposing teams in sports. They're in the same place, but they're going different directions because they have different visions. This team wants to score on that goal, and that team wants to score on this goal, right? There's a difference in vision, but they're in the same place. The same for us. All of us can be here, but the thing that really brings us here is not our physical presence, but we see something together. Where's my Marinya service? I said, we see something together. And what we see controls us. Uh, you know, they, they have, I haven't tried it yet. If anybody wants to bless me. Uh, is today Pastor's Appreciation Sunday? I think today is. I just checked my calendar. Uh, I haven't tried it, but I'll try it one day. But I've seen the YouTube videos. They have what they call virtual, uh, virtual headsets. Have you seen that? that you put these goggles on, and when you put the goggles on, you are gone. You are in the virtual world, given access by virtual, virtual glasses. You put them on and you are here, but you are there. So if you watch the videos, just go on YouTube and just search, it's kind of funny, you know? People are here, agar salam, no, nothing's going on, but these people are just, are getting scared when nothing is there. Why, what's wrong with you? It's because their eyes are, although they're here physically, their eyes are connected to a virtual world. And they are not obeying the world that they are in. They are obeying the world that they are connected to virtually. Hallelujah. Uh, They are kind of in the world, but not of the world. They're in this virtual space. And that's kind of what the Holy Spirit does. It's like we are here, but we are not really here. That's why on the day of Pentecost, they stood up and said, these people are drunk. And Peter said, no, these people are not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. I guess in Israel they don't drink at 9 in the morning. I can prove to you that there are some places that drink at 9 in the morning. But that's another argument for another day. But he says, these people are not drunk, as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will see visions. And your young men will see dreams. Right? So he was explaining the reason they're acting funny is because they're connected somewhere else. Hallelujah. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he kind of gives us that virtual aspect, that virtual lens. That we are here, but we are connected virtually to another power, another source. Mind you, this was not possible before 
Jesus died and rose from the grave. He died, he rose again, he was exalted to the Father's right hand, and then he sent the Holy Spirit, who is proof that Jesus has truly been glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today, uh, we're going to get a little bit drunk today. Yeah, we're going to get a little bit virtual today. Um, because uh, that, is, that is something eh, that God had paid a heavy price for. So that we who were far away would be far away no longer. We who were far away would be near. I would like everybody to say near. Everybody say near. near. Hallelujah. Good preaching, Pastor Z. Doing good. A um, few, few, few weeks ago, I told about, uh, I was sharing about this, this study from the National Science Foundation that, that, that came out with a report that said the average person can, can receive and entertain as many as 60,000 words per day. Of those thoughts that they entertain, 80% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. And 95% of those thoughts are repeat thoughts from the day before. Which means that left to itself, our mind is, is, is big trouble. Our, eye, our, our mind is very, very destructive, very, very dangerous, very, very... It's like, it's like a driving on the road with your eyes blindfolded with confidence, all right? Uh, the mind is kind of like if you, if you, you know, how you leave a fruit out, you know, you buy a bananas. I don't know what it is with Ethiopia bananas. It's, it's like you buy them and then two days later they've gone black or they start to, to spoil. You didn't do anything, they did it to themselves. You leave the banana to itself and that's what happens. The mind is kind of the same way. I know you think otherwise, but I'll just settle the issue right now. Your mind is a mess. My mind is a mess. Left to its own devices, it's a downward spiral, only going downer. Right? Is that a word? It is now. Hmm? That's how bad the mind is. It creates words. Downer and downing. Eh? Yeah. It, de it decomposes, it caves in on itself. It works against itself. The mind is ugly. The mind is dangerous. So, so when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, all right, uh, for some of you that might be still looking at me funny, let me just settle the issue right now. This will always be funny and controversial to the mind. Because the Holy Spirit is something that we don't engage with the mind. So what we have to do is actually take the mind with all of the baggage that it brings with us and put it to the side. And engage with God spirit to spirit. Right? In fact, this service is not a mind to mind or mind to spirit but spirit to spirit. Deep calls to deep. I'm not preaching to the mind today. I'm preaching to the greater one who lives inside of you. The greater one that has been born again. The greater one who lives by the spirit, is led by the spirit, and knows the spirit's voice. Amarinya service said amen. Amarinya service said amen. Praise the Lord. So, so it's important that we engage the spirit with the, the spirit. Now, I remember if you were here last week, we were talking about this. And I think I just want to emphasize it because it's important. The tool to engage the things of the spirit is the tool of faith. All right. You foolish Galatians, did you receive the spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? We receive the spirit through faith. We receive the spirit through believing. 
Amen. Whoever believes in me, out of their belly, as the scripture says, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus said this, speaking of the Spirit. Amen. So, so faith is the tool we use to access the Spirit. All right. Faith is not a product of the mind. I repeat, faith, it does not involve the mind. It does not engage the mind. Faith is a matter of the heart. That's why Proverbs 3 and verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord, or the Amarinya is, Have faith in the Lord. Eh? Uh, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It like separates the two. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own. And see, the, 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 the Lord knows where the problem is. He knows where the mess is. So when it comes to the things of the Lord, trust in the Lord not with all your mind, no, no, no. Remove the mind. Lean not on your understanding. I know this is hard for some of us. It's easier for some of us than others. Like with me, this is very easy because I never did good in school. But, but for some of us who are accomplished, <laughs> Lord, help us. I love you all. But, but he says, trust in the Lord with all your? Okay, then what do I do with my mind? You lean not on your own mind. So you cannot engage with the Lord while engaging with your mind at the same time. One of the two has to give. How did we get saved? We got saved by confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart. Right? Faith comes from the heart. Faith does not come from the mind. Jesus said, I said this before, I'll say it again. Jesus said on the greatest, last and greatest day of the feast, whoever is thirsty... Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of their mind shall flow rivers of living. Hallelujah. No, no, the word is bellies. Hallelujah. I'm working, I, did, I told the Maringa services, I'm working on this message called the theology of the anjet. Anjet means intestines. That's the Greek word for, oh, that's the, the depth of where God loved us from, according to the Greek. The, 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 the love that motivated God to send Jesus to stay, save us, it was not a Bible school degree that pushed him to love us that way. The, the Bible says it came from his innermost, uh, from, from, from uh, the Greek translation intestines for Amarinya and much of Africa. Actually, I found as I travel that anjet, we know what anjet is. It's like more than feeling, it's feeling, feeling. Down deep. Okay, that's another message, but that's for free. Right? God loves us deep. We even have it in our normal vocabulary. I've noticed with all due respect, this does not exist in Western countries. They don't have anjet. I mean, they have anjet. <laughs> but they don't have anjet like we do out here. It's part of our normal, like, like you know, it's, it's the, our anjet is the reason for our greatest successes and our biggest defeats and, 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 and chaos. Both of them come from the same place, right? Like even in this last season, we've been celebrating so high certain things that happen in the country and then within two days, just the same anjet to the opposite. It's because we rely on this. When Ethiopia, I think I said this before, I repeat myself sometimes, but Ethiopia almost went to the World Cup a few years ago, I think 2010, I think, or something like that. Remember that? Nah, it was quite euphoric in here. Yeah, so, so we almost went and the country was going in euphoria. And then, uh, uh, you know, we lost. And everyone is sad, but somebody told me, you know, 
Praise God that we lost. Because with these people, if we made it to the World Cup, we can't handle that. The country will fall apart, literally. Like people don't know. It's just people go crazy. You know, Dr. Brooke would be up all night doing surgeries for all of the injuries, for people that fell off this and did this. No, God saved us because of our Anjit. That's the Anjit. That's what Anjit does for you. It's like the extreme uh, excitement and it comes from deep inside. Um, so, so, so when we engage with the Lord, when we engage with the Holy Spirit, we're engaging from, from the heart. We're not engaging the mind. Trust in the Lord with all your and lean not on your own understanding. It's a fight between the two. Hallelujah. So, so see the enemy, uh, his command post is the mind. The Spirit of God, His command, command post is the heart. And two of them are at war with one another. And today, one is going to give in to the other. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. From the very beginning, we see how the enemy messed with Eve's mind. Because if he knows he can lock up the mind, the Spirit's potential is locked up as well. So today, hallelujah, we're going to stick it to the enemy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. To know God from the mind is to know Him from afar. To know Him from the Spirit is to know Him close. Today, one of the two will win in Jesus' name. And today, for anyone who came with your mind, I invite you, in the name of Jesus, to remove your mind and engage the Spirit of God by faith with your heart. We believe in the heart. We believe in the heart. And I believe the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Then it says, what are you, almighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a level ground. How does a mountain become level ground? The mountain becomes level ground by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. That means every challenge, every warfare, every opposition, every anxiety, every worry, everything that keeps you up at night, sickness and disease. I serve notice on every attack of the enemy on your life today. I'm not, it's not my mind speaking now. It is my faith in my heart that connects me to the Spirit of God that tells me that your time is numbered now. I like the message that Jesus said. Jesus did not start ministering until the Holy Spirit came upon him. And after the Holy Spirit came upon him, the first message that he preached was about the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He said, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the captive and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. And guess what? Jesus, it says that he was the firstborn among many brethren, which means Jesus was the first many to follow, one of which is Pastor Z this morning. And I would like to declare to the devil, to your drama, to your anxiety, to every weapon that has been formed against you, that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me today. And He has anointed me today to proclaim freedom, uh, to become good news to the poor. 
freedom for the captives, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed. Today, 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 the acceptable year of the Lord's favor is now. Hallelujah. Can we say amen? amen? We don't worship God from afar, church. We don't worship Him. We don't engage with Him from afar. He didn't want us to know Him from afar. He wanted to know Him, uh, to know him close. You know, there's a story in the, in, the, in the scriptures, in the book of 1 Samuel, when the children of Israel, they went and, and, uh, to fight the Philistines and the ark of God was captured. And the Philistines took the ark of God, where the presence of God dwelt. And they took it and they put it in the temple of their God, Dagon. And so the ark of God was here and the, 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 the statue of Dagon was here and they were standing together. And uh, they, 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 why they did that, I don't know. If I was them, I would have known better. All right? But when they came back the next morning, the, 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 the God of Dagon had fallen before the ark of God with his hands and his head broken. I've heard a lot of explanations about that. There's a lot of things. Nothing can stand in the presence of God. But this is the thing that I was feeling and this is the assignment for today in Jesus' name. As long as the ark of God was far, Dagon was just fine. But when they brought the ark near, Dagon had to fall. We are not coming to God and worshiping Him from far today. Today we are coming near. Hallelujah. I in you and you in me. Which means that legally, hallelujah, if we are near, everything that has been standing has to fall in the presence of the Lord today. Every weapon that has been attacking you, every agenda of the enemy, every warfare that has been launched against you. You know, the enemy studies you very well. That's why your problems are cyclical in nature. That was for free. Have you noticed that the same thing over and over again? And then brother so-and-so's problem is so different from yours, but theirs is the same thing. Somebody is nervous about the God in you. Somebody is studying you so hard to ensure that you will not make progress. He roams like a lion seeking whom he may devour. A lion always looks for the weakest link and he goes and attacks the weakest animal. It's cyclical. Your problems are cyclical is because you are being studied. Today, we bring the presence of God into that cyclical cycle. Today, we bring the presence of God into whatever is standing. Both of them cannot live together in the same room. Your drama and the presence of God cannot coexist. Today, only one will leave this room standing. Hallelujah. Something will bow down in the presence of God today. I serve notice on every demon that came in here. Anything that is not like God in this room right now, the presence of God is the answer right now to every drama in this room in Jesus name hallelujah I declare in the name of Jesus every warfare every witchcraft every method it sounds better in Amarinya hallelujah Buddha Zare hallelujah good hallelujah in Jesus name Binding the devil always sounds more powerful in Amarinya. In the name of Jesus, your time is up. Because now the presence of God is here. Hallelujah. Can somebody say Amen?
Can somebody say amen? You don't do this from afar. You do this from close. The time is up in Jesus' name. The time is up. Oh, hallelujah.